I'd just like to let everybody know before we start the podcast, there may be the odd swear word during fighting on the inside. Also, some of the subjects that we cover, especially those surrounding mental health, some people may be affected by these conversations. If you are, then you can find information and help in the show notes. But please, other than that, enjoy the show. Right, guys, before we get started, I would like to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, NordVPN. Now, trust me, take it from me. If you're a boxing fan and you do not have a VPN service, I would highly recommend you get one. There's been plenty of times, so many times, where I've been wanting to watch a huge fight that is broadcast in another country but have not been able to. But if you go and sign up to NordVPN, you can digitally locate yourself within that country so you are able to watch any of those huge fights you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Also, for just the price of a cup of coffee per month, a NordVPN account can be used on up to six devices, allowing you and your family to stay digitally safe when you're out and about or using public Wi-Fi. So NordVPN also protects you wherever you are in the world. And like I said, if you're a boxing fan, you need one. So before the podcast starts, press pause, go into the show notes, click on the link, and you can go and sign up to NordVPN. You'll get a huge discount plus a bonus gift. So NordVPN, thanks for sponsoring the show. And welcome to Fighting on the Inside. Let's get on with it. everybody and welcome back to another episode of fighting on the inside hosted by myself jamie jewett and myself johnny nelson don't uh, do it yeah and <laughs> as always we want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors we have nordvpn real power of one wow hydrate pulse roll without those guys we couldn't do what we're doing as you all know this is all in aid of gloves up knives down anti-knife crime charity so all of our fantastic sponsors are helping us raise those guys plenty of money right today we have none other than the juggernaut big joe joyce in the house here i am here he is What's and up? we have the infamous shane watson i had to say infamous mate you're yeah. always getting yourself into arguments on time <laughs> <mate. laughs> part and part of what i'm doing that's, that's it, it that's it how are you boys doing how are you joe yeah all good all good good, good to good. be here Good, good. Already uh, sampled the punching machine there, which you have. Uh, appears to be slightly broken. So <laughs> we're, we're sat here waiting for it. Slightly, uh, I don't know. Joe was I've got, got the, the itch now. <laughs> I think you know, I could do better. One of your stable mates has been in here, actually, um, Johnny Fisher, and he got a pretty decent score. I think he, I think he must have broke it. Cause it's, uh, I think, I must say, Joe, I know you was over there, keep trying, but I do think he's busted it a little bit. So if Johnny tries to give you a stick and say that he beat you, we, we're going to stick up. I did have fun. The that. machine was broken. You must have hit. Not this, been... Johnny, mate. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> you rubbish. Do <laughs> 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 <Stop> it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're talking about the other Johnny. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Fisher. Johnny Fisher, Bosh. that's it. Rom for ball. <laughs> Bash. <laughs> right. Joe, I have to say, mate, um, you've just come off the back of an unbelievable win over Joe Parker. It's not just the person you beat. Obviously, he's an he's amazing, amazing fighter. Um, it's the way in which you beat him. Um, the way I handed out that beating. You, it genuinely was a, a beating, and you stopped him. He's never been stopped. Made a hell of a statement there. Um, how are you feeling after that win, mate? I want to yeah, get in your head. Yeah, I'm really, really good. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's quite a long time. Like It feels like a long time ago now, but um, so it was only... 
Like about a month. Yeah, it was like a month. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was four or five weeks. End ago, of September, it? so yeah. about two months ago now. Two months. Is ago. it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we're there. having some fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So so that was like a long way away, and Christmas is closer, and then obviously we're next camp in vegas is looming on the horizon in january yeah. so. your, your demeanor never seems to change you know before during or after a fight which is probably makes you so unassuming and uh, so your successes people are thinking oh, i didn't expect that but but is that is that part of the play is that part of the gameplay i don't know it's just i don't like to like overly big up my performances and like, like it makes my head heavy and my yeah, then i do have to do more <laughs> neck training <laughs> You got pretty fucking big neck already. <laughs> Is that where your chin comes from, mate? Because you've got a famous chin. Well, yeah, it leads to my neck. Yeah, the yeah. Chin, <laughs> it's attached. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, as boxers, you have to like, you have to strengthen all your bodies to be like well-rounded and to uh, get through the. F- Flames and the fire of battle. <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 you've got as an ex-fire. I look at you and I think this man is just like, he's granite, chin, head, body, and your your, your pace isn't mad. Your pace is consistent. You're a mod- I don't know if this is an insult or not, but he was a great fire. You might remind me of a modern version of a George Foreman in his in his hot pump when he was up there on top. Yeah, strong. You know, it looks like it's like, easy. Like, but the, like easy when he think. came back again, like when he was older. That, no, no, that. no. I mean, I mean, the George Foreman that was running, running right around everybody. Really? Yeah, that's Steaming what I'm saying. Steaming through people, isn't he? I, don't, I don't know what, what you do. Because like I think my technique is better. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is that the, the strength, yeah, like the, the raw power the, and the, stuff. The, the, what I'm saying force. is like the way he delivered it and the the, you know, the technique he used when he came back was how I... More educated. It was more educated. yeah. How, how did you how did you fall into it? Did you do mixed martial arts before or anything like that? Yeah, so I started a lot of combat sports, like started with karate when I was five, and then I probably started. I I did it again as well when I was a bit older when uh, when I moved south down south because I started off in East London, moved down south to Putney, and uh, I was yeah in between uh, Putney and Leytonstone, my mum and dad's house respectively, but. Um, so yeah, so karate I, I started and then I, I did it again like from uh, till like, like I was a teenager and then started the kickboxing and there where I was like sparring the adults at 15 and like I used to I used to really enjoy sparring and that but, but it was only touch spar <coughs> with the kickboxing you did hands only and feet and stuff and uh, it was did they they mix with co- uh, co- karate with, uh, with sorry with uh, kung fu it's yeah. mixed with kung fu. And then uh, before I graduated, well, after I graduated, I went to China and did like some training out there. So I'm, I'm a student of martial arts. And yeah, that that's what I'm saying. So it's not very often a martial artist would actually graduate and be successful as a as a as a boxer. Mm. It's usually you know the other way around, maybe, but it's not very often. You know the Kalichkos. That, that's how how they first started off the mixed martial arts. <coughs> but then they're they're the most famous successful ones that have done that as boxers. But but, but so like my transition to boxing wasn't like too, I mean I was already doing athletics I was already fit and I was an athlete already and from doing like striking with uh, the martial arts it was quite a, I was already had a head start it wasn't like I started like from nothing at mm. 22 I started like with martial arts So you'd have always had the discipline as a youngster coming through so the chances of you were you disciplined uh, as from a youngster did your parents like guide you that way from up from the off because I suppose it, it takes you away from actually doing the stuff what more normal young men do yeah. out and about. 
Yeah, I yeah, I was I was I just got sent to everything. I, I started rugby uh, five or six as well. Played till I was eighteen. I played my last game when I was eighteen, but probably competitively till I was sixteen and playing for Surrey and um, was undefeated for two years as well. Uh, and also the swimming club as well. I was always do what? We got time, sports, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's all <laughs> I was doing. And um, yeah, so with the swimming club, they used to. Yeah, they used to beast us on the doing lengths and stuff. It'd be like, okay, kids. Um, the the, the, size, the size of you, were you big when you were doing swimming? Yeah, you... I was always a head taller than uh, everyone since I was probably like four or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was six foot when he was, was four. Six, I was six foot when I was 12 and size 12. <laughs> Good hell. So, so therefore, I suppose you didn't really have much time to do anything apart from sport. And art. Yeah, I did and... art as well. Art in school. And outside school as well, like I'd always be creative and drawing and painting stuff. And Joe, can I ask, were you ever? Did you ever get into trouble as a kid? Then, because you seemed like you were so busy. Like, what was there a reason why you were why you were really encouraged? Were you encouraged, or did you just choose to do that yourself? Or was yeah, did yeah, one was, of your parents really encourage you to to stay out? Because it, you know, do you know what I mean? Was it just uh, encouraging you to do yeah, it for I your think, sake, or uh, were you... So, so with the rugby and the swimming, like my dad kind of got me into swimming because he's always swimming as well so as a baby I was always swimming and rugby I started early as well and the karate as well too but then um but they'd always send me to all these different things like my mom like gymnastics I did ballet I did like all these things because I was so tall is um she found it important that I have a good posture and yeah. that I'm disciplined and you know my fl flexibility and also I was doing like kind of like more meditative stuff like meditation and mm. things because my mom was uh practicing massage reflexology and shiatsu therapist and then she taught it as well so i kind of grew up with that kind of thing are you an only child i was an only child till oh, 15 I get it. Till 15. <laughs> but now i've got now i've got four brothers yeah because I'm, I'm trying to figure out the the commitment and the attention they probably gave you to to do all these things yeah to have with a juggle other kids as well at the same time. Definitely. Must have been very and and hard. because I was in between, like, because I had uh, the best of both worlds, I was, obviously, I uh, was with my mom and then I spent Wednesday and every other weekend with my dad. So I, you know, I was from one parent to the other and then that meant there was uh, two benefits were two two birthdays and two Christmases yeah. and two holidays <laughs> and things like that. But then they all, they always would like kind of fight over me and like, uh, but then they'd all like they'd be pushing me as well to do the things that they wanted to do. So I had from both. That's parents, why you ended like, up with so many different things. Pushed through the music as well. That was another thing that I that I did. Like I you do music. I did uh, trumpet, and I used to go to my mum to like all these music holidays and things like that. Jeez. So, so so that is not is that is probably not your. So I had a balanced childhood yeah, and the best yeah, of both yeah. worlds. And yeah, yeah. So that, that's probably not the the. The traditional way you'd think of a fighter ending up bit fighting, you'd think he'd come back from a come from a, a rough background or or a background where you had no choice. You had lots of choices. Yeah. Uh, so to, to 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 make a choice about how your life went. Yeah. To touch on that as well, we we what were you like as a kid, temperament wise? Uh, like temper you? temperament. I was very shy. Yeah. And uh, reserved, <coughs> like yeah. Uh, did say boo to a goose. I was very quiet, and uh, I think I don't know, but I, I was balanced and and um, pretty. I don't know, pretty Focused. calm, pretty calm, relaxed, yeah. like a gentle giant. Mm. 
Until you got me on the pitch or in the ring. Then, yeah, then, just... then it just switch it off, innit? <laughs> or or, or some drives me to that point. When they cross the line, then I would like switch and beat them up. So well. really, as a youngster, would you socialising wise out and about on the street? Would would you would you do that, or are you just too busy? Yeah, doing yeah. This I stuff? was uh, like in school and outside of school. I was always like I wasn't. I was always like middle of the road. I was I was never too naughty or too yeah. good. I was like you know. I had my fair both. share of bonking lessons and stuff and like, you know, getting up to mischief. But I, I, ma I managed to come up with root good grades and like go to further education, go get a degree as well. So um, I did I did the best I could. And, uh, you know, I, I um, yeah, I did the best I could. Well, what do you would you would you bring up your own kids like how you were brought up? Yeah, I, I think especially I'd... looking at how the world is today. I think, uh, yeah, I'd get them involved with as much as I can. And then they get, give them a chance to choose what they want to do with their life. Like, uh, see what skills they've got, what their skill sets are and what they're interested in and what they've got a passion for. And then, like, send them that direction. And if they want to take it and, like, take it to, to, to the highest level, then that's up to them. What was your skill? What was your passion as far as you was concerned? Everybody else could see everything else. As far as you were concerned, what was your skill? What was your passion? What would you have preferred to have done? I, I tried out all these different sports and until I found the one that I, because I, I had opportunity to, because I, so I started training with this uh, guy, a Cuban guy called Juan Fernando uh, Hernandez. And he started training me for, he used to, I used to see him in the leisure center. He used to be like a, a PT and stuff. And he saw the potential I had. And he was saying that to, he was speaking to my mom because she was training my mom at the time. It's like, oh, I've met this kid. Like he's, he, he's got very, He's very tall and strong. He's got great sport potential. I'd like to train him for athletics. And then um, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Maybe you're talking about my son. Wow. And so like we um, so we started off with him, like used to train me in the gym for free, take me to the track. And the, the goal was to get to Beijing doing long jump or triple jump. Now I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't get that to that goal. I couldn't get to that level where I was getting funding and stuff. I took myself to Middlesex University where they had the gold program that they support their athletic their athletes that have a potential to go to the Olympics. But I wasn't I didn't get to the yeah. level where you start getting that funding because I wasn't good enough. And um so I was in this booster competition where I won a bronze in shot put and I wasn't even bothered about getting the medal getting the medal for shot put. I was <laughs> upstairs watching the boxing. They they had boxing there. And I and when I was on the assessment for GB, I was like, I recognise this place because I've been there before in the in that competition. <laughs> so yeah, so it's quite yeah, it's cool that I, I instead of athletics I got there in, through boxing. So when you started boxing, you said you were twenty two when you started. Yeah. Was that how long did it take you to get? Late, yeah, man. Yeah, it's late. And how long before you were like, you know, work your way up to say, you know, GB level sort of? That that'd have been the ABAs. Well, so I I, I boxed Joshua in the ABAs at London finals, or was it 20, 20, 2011 or something? So and then and you... then I beat Fraser in twenty twelve. How old were you then? Oh no 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 no! Sorry, it's twenty. It might be 2010. And then 2011, I beat Fraser and then got on the assessment for the GB team. So it's only a couple of years that, after you started. So I, I right? got on the GB squad 2012 when Joshua had already been uh, selected to go to London. Right. Mm. So I was just coming through then. So how old would you, would you was that a couple 20, of years 20, after 23, you 23. 
So it's literally a year after you yeah. started. 23, 24 years. So you were like good that. straight away. You like you had a knack for it straight away, pretty much. Well, I I, I was already an athlete, so yeah, all yeah. they had to do was just it's just like learning the technique, and it it does take a long time. But when I'm big and athletic, then you know, mo, mo, like uh, the early fights didn't they didn't stand a chance. I was just pumping out my my fists. I was from Ellsville, so I was very fit, just pumping out the shots. Like my first fight, I didn't even know I was. Fighting the South Boys, like, <laughs> 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 and then he's like, "By the way," and she's like, "By the way, that 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 kid you fought was a South Boy," and it, <laughs> and I like the way he kind of like put, keeps you grounded because he always like rinses you in the yeah. van all the way back. <laughs> so you're like, do, would you say? Do, do you think you're a natural? Do you think you're a natural fighter, boxer? I think I'm you a, can natural be a natural fighter athlete. in R. Are you a natural athlete? Yeah. Because I know, I think Carl Frotch turned professional when he was 26. Uh, 26, I'm sure he was 26. He uh, did, sir? Carl Frotch. Okay. I'm sure he was 26. Um, I don't know. Um, another fight he changed. So some, very few fighters have changed, turned pro in their mid to late 20s. So, so when you started boxing at 22, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Joshua started at 18. Mm. Uh, so, so this... so. It shows that 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 the athletic chal- uh, talent you, you had naturally anyway, and so so how would you you know you'd see others coming through? How would you try and inspire others, inspire others to try and follow in your footsteps? Well, what I'd say is just for parents and for kids, just like just try out everything, like see what you like, and then um, you know if you've got potent if you've got the potential, then like go for it. I guess that's the great thing with you from doing such a broad spectrum of different things. You were so well trained in so many different areas that you could have almost done anything then anyway because you've been so highly skilled in so many different areas. When it came to boxing or anything, you could have probably focused everything you knew from all of those things and combined them Into one sport. It's just finding the right sport because Mm. I I was very good at swimming. I could have done swimming Olympic level maybe, Mm. even diving at Olympic level. I was doing... I used to go to (coughs) Putney Leisure Centre on the weekends and like do like loads of flips with my friends, like mm. somersaults. And um, <laughs> I, I, like, I got to a good, like doing doubles and triples and spins. This and man's talking about this as though it's no big deal. I'm like, yeah, really? <laughs> mine's a belly flop <laughs> straight in. <laughs> so, so I grew up with it, but it's important to like, you know, like I've like taught so many kids that, you know, like and it, it's, it's important for like the parents to get involved. Like, cause if the, Parents are like getting involved, taking their kids to the, down to the swimming pool. Then they're gonna like practice and learn and stuff like that. But like, if they just, you know, they don't get the opportunity, and then they just they just suddenly go to their swimming lesson in school, and they've got no, they've never been in the pool before. Then it's gonna be. You see the you know example. The, the example there is parenting. Um, yeah, parenting, yeah, we, we keep coming across that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's parenting, and 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 obviously you can't you, you can't look at the child and say well why are you doing this if you if you if you, that's not what you go home to if your parents are give if you're gonna have kids you've got to put the effort in to say right i want to i want to help you out with this i want you to push it out and make you make your own decisions but um, then but then again don't go too far you can't mm-hmm, like because there's mm-hmm. some parents are like over parent and do like, you think yours went oh, too far I, no they they kind of let me do what i wanted to do and what i enjoyed i'd like stick at it and but then also give me the encouragement like if i interested in something and to keep pursuing it right so if you showed an interest they would make sure that you got the opportunities to do that and practice what's 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 your ultimate goal what's okay you you decided you want to 
you fell in love with boxing over the diving over um athletics yeah. so what 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 was you, you did you have your goals set from that point onwards to say right i want to be the world champion i want to be the best well from having like expanding my mind and like believing that it's it's possible that i have the potential to do something in sport that was key because i didn't have the confidence i didn't get the confidence from anywhere else from any other coaches or like anything like you don't get the encouragement in school or in like oh in school you can you're good at you're good at football why don't you go and be a footballer or why mm. don't you like i don't know they don't, there's no like encouragement in sport like in like in America, for instance, you get like drafted to all these different teams and you play for like, you know, the little league and then you play for college football or something. And, and then you get like scouted and stuff. Mm. There's no like way like way in this country where you can get to, get to where you're going like that. Uh, well, I didn't find that until I found boxing. So it sounds like as a youngster, you weren't much of a social <coughs> butterfly and sport has probably given you the opportunity to express who you are. Art, music, almost every the athletic uh, uh, um, uh, attribute. Yeah. So do you find is that's where you could actually be yourself? Yeah, I, I enjoyed being part of a team and like a team environment, like with rugby, for instance, like we go on tours and that, and there's like a lot of camaraderie as well. And it's also because when you're playing as part of a team, each player has um, strengths and weaknesses and what they're, they're good at, they're what, you know, they're good. They're really fast at running. They're like tricky with the ball and they can like, dummy people like send them the wrong way and run the other way or like you know they're a good team player they're good they're good at tackling and passing and they all play a role yeah play a role have your siblings gone in 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 the same direction of you where the parents pushed them to do the same uh no i think it, it just depends on the person like i guess they you know they're they're you know they're they're like one of my brothers has done actually two of my brothers have done boxing and um and like like dabbled in sport a bit, but they haven't really had the, you know, the, um, uh, you know, based on the person, like the, I, the talent, the talent to, 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 I don't know if it's the talent. It's also like, you know, the want, want to, to do, to do, to, to, to keep going. And, yeah. but it's also, yeah, getting the routine right. And the, like, okay, you got training this day, this day, this day. And then it's getting into that routine. I keep on going. But then if they're not interested, like, I think it, it depends on the person. Like I just, Oh, you want get it, me there right, yeah. i'll be there and i'm training and enjoying it and i want to go to the next one and stuff you know what i mean mm. uh, you have to be that kind of way inclined i think as well there's also the push from your parents yeah yeah so it sounded like not too much not, not yeah. too strong a push oh, from course. the parents just by a, the way parents out there general no <laughs> <Just a> general <laughs> Hi guys, quick shout out to our sponsor Pulse Roll. Did you guys know that Pulse Roll are on a mission to get people moving? And over the past six years, they have built the UK's leading percussion massage therapy gun used by people such as Anthony Joshua. And Pulse Roll have created a current range of six devices scientifically proven to enhance recovery and rehabilitation. To find out why their range is so good and what makes it so good, visit pulseroll.com where you can find educational content and blogs to help you perform smarter, recover faster, and keep moving. So that's pulseroll.com. Pulseroll.com to help you keep moving. And thanks to Pulseroll for sponsoring this show. It sounds like you kind of had the perfect cocktail in terms of your growing up, your environment that, that's trained you so well in so many areas and you've turned into what we know as today as the juggernaut, Joe Joyce. Um, 
incredible boxer and it makes me understand now why you're so good at what you do um so where where did you guys meet let's bring in shane over here um how did you find joe and when did what what happened there did you approach joe or did how did that how did that relationship start there's actually a bit of a mad one actually so i joe had already signed for sm before i joined he because it was originally adam morally, um, morally and sam jones right yep and then at this time, I was an interviewer back then. I used to just interview people for a YouTube channel I did when I was at uni. So the first time I actually met Joe was at um, Mayweather versus McGregor weigh-in at Wembley. You know when they did the weigh-in in? Oh, they, yeah. that, that thing where they were like, rubbing his head in that. And yeah. then there's that security, the, the security dressed up, the, the guy who dressed up as a security, security guard and got in to the bed. <laughs> yeah. Get like, yeah. I, and he's like, I'll, I have to wa watch out for this big seven foot. <laughs> Dude, like, it's funny. Yeah, talking about him, that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I met him, that was the first time I met him, but actually, it's weird, it goes back before that. So, when I was at uni, um, that was when the 2016 Olympics won, which mm. Joe got to the final of, um, obviously, against uh, Tony Yoka. And I, and I remember my mum and dad, they came and picked me up from uni so we could all watch the final at home as a family. So originally, I was a bit of a fanboy because I was watching it, like, getting behind, I was getting behind him the whole tournament. Mm. Um, I remember when he knocked out, it was uh, Hergovic. No, it was Ivan before that, wasn't it? And then Hergovic before that, wasn't it? Yeah. And they fought each other for the bronze, didn't they? And then, yeah, they fought each other for the bronze. And then I fought. You fought, obviously, Yoko for the. Final, for the yeah. yeah. And then, um, so I watched, and that was originally when I started to really get to, to know Joe just from the outside. And then I met him at Wembley Arena, interviewed him and whatnot, interviewed him a few times moving forward from there from the Ian Newison fight, which was his debut. And I got really close to Sam and Adam from that point, basically. And then about, what pro fight was it? It was about a couple of weeks after he knocked out Donnie Palmer, which was live on yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, remember that, the York call, eh? Yeah, York call. Then I got approached to join. And I was like, man, I was sick of that, whatever that game was that I was in anyway, man. I was like, get me out of this. I was like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna be involved in management. Like, I felt like my attributes as a person, to what I know about the sport, would be a lot better in management than what it would be in um interviewing people i was never that good anyway so yeah <laughs> so uh yeah and then uh, i got to know joe really well and then from that point on we've gone to vegas countless times um he's helped set up his training camps uh has it been easy Nah, not at all not at all <laughs> but it shouldn't be easy it shouldn't be easy if you're dealing with a, a world elite level athlete it shouldn't be easy because there's so much that comes with that um like responsibilities what has been the hard bit what 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 is what, what's been hard about it uh, I mean, it's it's a mixture of things. It's probably equally as hard for Joe because it's like you're away from your family and friends for long periods of time. You're you're dealing well, more so for me. I've got fair skin. That heats a bit mental. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> well, I was going to say you're in Vegas and people I'm think Vegas must be so fun, but you're not there to have fun. I'm you? stuck uh, in, in Vegas. I only chatted to this this fellow <laughs> here. Like, <laughs> those lonely car journeys back and forth from yeah. training. <laughs> Yeah, and the other bit's so hard, it's quite a pressurised job because you feel like, see when you're going in there against someone like Joseph Parker, right? and I, I was quite new to doing the whole training camps myself, like organising them. I'm getting, I have to get in the right sparring, I have to get everything right in the camp. And if you don't, and it doesn't go your way on fighting night, one of the first people they're going to blame and look at is probably me because I set up, pretty much set up the whole camp. I'm the one who said it. I thought that was the right style Is it for all about delegation though? So you've got to get the right person to to, to to have the right eye, to get the right sparring partners. You've got to get the right person to say, right, this is a, this is the best hotel to use. These are the best facilities to use. You've you just got to get put the right people together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But it's kind of then to like, 
I was picking all the pretty much all of the sparring as well. So oh, I, that's what, that's something that I've been doing for a lot of my fights for for over the years. So I'm basically a good example. I um I did in the last camp. I felt like Joe was just levels above the sparring partners that we got in because obviously when you first start sparring, you don't bring in world elite level guys that are mm. already fully fit because he has to get his fitness levels up as well. So um and I had to like take out and bring in Carlos Takam and. Then we had to bring up the levels from that, and then you have to make sure you get him, make get him uh, ready to peak at the right stage in camp and stuff like that. Obviously, it's a lot of help when you've got a talented trainer like Ismael Salas around to guide you, because I learned a lot from him. There's, a lot of what I know today is, is because of him, so um, it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, it's just a it's just a high pressure job because, and you've, that's just one fire. I've got ten others that require the same kind of attention. Is it easy to keep and him in that bubble? Away from all the distractions of the, the rest of the world, the rest of the world's opinions, expectations. It, it has its pros and cons because obviously it makes it a lot easier to get Joe to focus because he hasn't got his friends there because they're all in London or he hasn't got his family there because they're all back in England or whatnot. So that side of it, because then it's very much train, sleep, repeat. Mm. Then it's very easy to like just switch off because you, you are in Vegas and also like people do get bored like when it comes to the weekend well, I was, well what do you do now and all there is going on in, especially in the summer is parties imagine, and everything yeah. else it's like well and then you just like look at each other and like well what do you want to do and they're just like let's then, go uh, for a walk yeah exactly <laughs> and I can't even walk because it's too hot I can't even go out there. Like, I can't even do anything how do you find it um, being away from home and all of that with your training camps do you find it easy to switch off or is you find have you had struggles you know, from from those kind of things, sort of emotionally, or do you not let any of that get in the way, and you can really focus? I, I, I and... just like, yeah, taking myself away from my com comforts, and I, I've I've been used to going away to travel to training all the time from GB, driving uh, up to Sheffield, and I don't know, going to Germany or France or wherever for training camps and stuff. So I'm used to going away and training, and I feel like you can just like really solely focus on training and mm. that routine of. Uh, I get into a routine, there's no distractions, it's at a different time zone. The only problem is it's like late, like uh, really early calls and really late, yeah, yeah. late yeah. calls, so yeah. So but, there's there's not many fighters that actually do that anymore. I, I used to do it and, and when you talk about going to gym or taking yourself away from home and being a sparring partner or going to training camps all over the place, that makes you, you want it more than anything else because you've got nothing else to distract yourself. So it either makes you or breaks you. You think, nah, I don't want to do this. I want to go home. Or or you, you immerse yourself in it. And uh, especially Vegas as well. This is where, where it's all going on. It's all There's all the, the good boxers and fights. And, which gym are you using? Famous fights. Sal uh, Salas Boxing Academy, okay. yeah. which is a 255... S. Jones Boulevard. Yeah. All right. Okay. And <laughs> and uh, and you, so the gym, is it full? Is the gym full anyway? Is yeah. It yeah. It's full. Like <clears> when <throat> it's a you know, busy period where you know like the boxing season from I don't know was it September till like July or something. But it's yeah, it's really busy. And... Oh, but are you one of those fighters that just train for a fight or do you train in between? Take yeah. I, in between? Yeah. I train in between. Oh, I, I, I went out. We went out there like uh, for three weeks just before. Where was it? November. Yeah, about two weeks ago, two just weeks got ago. back. Yeah. Oh, really? So yeah, that's like a pre-camp. There's no pressure of a fight, so just like learning stuff and <laughs> and keeping the technique and like make sure I'm not making and mistakes. So you're usually there to oversee. Yeah, yeah, go over there to oversee there for like 
any company questions, whatever. Like, it's just, it's quite, obviously, as you know, man, boxing's like a lonely place. If you send Drew out there on his own, I don't know what he would get up to, man. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like. It's good to go out there as well. And it's good for me, man, because I, I learn loads out there as well. So. And discipline for you as well, because if he's got to suffer, you've got to suffer. If he's bored, you're bored. I was going to yeah. say, does he suffer with you or is he off out when you're like, when you go to bed? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, good, it's good to have company, someone to chat to and that. And it's, it's bands, it goes more fun, uh, more quickly, the, like the training camp, because otherwise it, you know, yeah, it does drag up. Like it's, it gets repetitive because you're you're going, you're getting up, you're going to the gym, you're coming back, you're having lunch, you're going again, you're having a bit of a rest, you're going back to the gym, and then you're coming back, and then you're having dinner, and then you're going to sleep. This is day in, day out. So like when it gets to the weekend, you want to do something. Okay, the boxing's on, or there's a there's a I don't know, the Raiders are playing. What's something. what's the biggest name you spar with, and the biggest lesson you've learned in your journey so far? The biggest name of sport, yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, Joshua and Fury are probably the the biggest names of sport. And what was the other question? And the the biggest lesson you've learned? Biggest lesson I've learned um, from those bars. Just, just generally, yeah. because I, I learned so much as a uh, uh, about people. Could be sparring, could be about yourself, mm. uh, self belief, self confidence, or, or or just understanding what's what's important. What's the biggest lesson you learned personally for yourself in in the journey you've had so far? Um, I think just yeah, don't be afraid to take your yourself away to get the best training. I've I've done that. I've I've been done a lot of traveling to. I'm, I'm traveling now to go to train with Salas. Mm. I mean, so um, that that's pro that's probably a key lesson. Like I took myself to to Cuba as well before I came back and won the ABAs. Mm. So I haven't been afraid to travel by yourself. Yeah, I took myself to China by myself. Wow, good call. To, to train is yeah. in for the in the Shaolin school. <laughs> and, and do you do you speak any foreign languages? I, I, cause I, I like to be able to say hello, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> in everywhere you go. Like, yeah, because it's, it's so, nice. Like when like someone who doesn't really speak much English, they try, like, you know, like Usyk, he tries to, well, I mean, he speaks probably a little bit more than what he lets on, but like, it, it's nice. I to, feel. Yeah, I'm very feel. Very feel. But it's, it's better than him not saying anything and just having the translator do it. Yeah. So, 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 and, and, and this, without even realizing, the lesson learned are, are you, you you learn to think, uh, you learn to think about uh, other cultures, dealing with other people, dealing with other situations, especially when you go by yourself, especially when you go to a language where, yeah. uh, a country where you don't speak the language. You've got to eat, sleep, find yourself to a gym, and 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 get yourself around. So I, I suppose that uh, that is a, a, a tough lesson learned, but a yeah, good lesson definitely. learned. Yeah, like when I went to yeah Cuba, there was like three people I could speak to English. One, maybe one or two fluent fluently, and uh, China as well. That like see the local language Mandarin, so you have to have all these translators and stuff. But then, you know, if you're you're still learning and it doesn't. Just the body language and um, like the uh, what would you call it, pigeon English or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By that, like. Hello, everyone. So, for those of you that may have noticed how good myself and Johnny have been looking throughout this podcast, that's because we are donning real now they produce high performance sportswear inspired by boxers. Boxing is as much mental as it is physical. And real believe that it's a combination of physical and mental strength. That is where your performance potential lies. Unify body and mind to realize the power of one.
Real fights for enhanced mental well-being. So whether you're a seasoned boxer or new to the sport, Real will empower you to test your limits. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Real Power of One, and you can find their store and their newsletter over on realpowerofone.com. And take it from me, this genuinely is some of the most comfortable and high-quality sportswear that I have ever worn. So it's realpowerofone.com for sportswear inspired by boxers. And thank you so much to Real for sponsoring this podcast. It's like Johnny's pointing out that you learn to do that to travel on your own is, is a massive thing. You mentioned you were really shy as a, as a youngster. I'd say it takes an incredible amount of confidence to go to the places you've been on your own to do the things you're doing, not only to box but to go around the world and, and do this grueling training in places you can't even speak the language. Where did that confidence come from, from this shy kid? Do you, do you remember where that grew or like when you started to feel more confident and to be able to, to I think do that that's, kind of thing? Uh, boxing definitely helped with that mm. because especially coming from Ellsfield, you know you're going to get stick by Sid. But I think, I think he does it. I think his heart's in the right place and he does that to like kind of like make you a bit like harden you up by, a bit. By, mm. by, by, by who? S Sid, Sid Khan. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, he's always giving you stick and stuff. And like, you have to, you get used to it, like the stick and, and everything. And then um, also boxing, I think, brings confidence because it's uh, it's like a combat sport and you're you're sparring and, and you're getting up in front of a crowd. Like, it was new to me because I've never been, like, because I've been to rugby games and different things, like galas, that was cool with, like, people shouting, Kara! You're like mm. all the parents get behind you when you try to do like fucking breaststroke or yeah, <laughs> slightly <laughs> different though, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have that encouragement, and it kind of, and also the more talking you do, like interviews and stuff, you get better. Like whatever you do, and you, you keep practicing, you get better at it. So. so you're saying boxing instilled the confidence in you, and just all this sport and that, just you just slowly developed into a much more confident person to the person you are now. Yeah, I think can, so. Yeah. Can I ask? Do you? Is there any part of you now that gets fearful before a fight or any fearful is probably the wrong word at someone at your level now. Do you get nervous before fights? Do you get anxious? What what's your I, emotional I get, I get more nervous after the fight when they shoot, you know they put they put mic in your mouth. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on this fight, Joe? You're still there, like shell shock. Adrenaline's going. My brain's not like working. Like, I don't know if it's connected. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. no, yeah, no, no nerves before a fight for you then? Nah, nah. I just uh, make sure I do the steps that I've always done to get me ready for the fight, and I've done all the hard work, all the train, mm. the whole training camp and stuff. So I better get it right on fight night, right? So you, think you, comp you, you feel like you put the work in, so you're confident on the night. Yeah, I've done my, done the train, done all the training. That uh, so, so maybe that insular resistance, of being shy when you're younger, actually helps you when it comes to performing, you, you're used to motivating yourself. You're most used to actually moving yourself, thinking this is what I've got to do, I've prepared right, I've done everything right. I don't need a tap on the shoulder to say you've got this because you've kind of grown up that way. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't suppose many of your friends from home traveled to you to go to rugby, swimming, uh, uh, boxing or whatever. You just kind of, you did it on your lonesome with, with yeah. yourself and, I and think, your parents. And I think with that, it's like you're, you know, you're, you get caught, you get comfortable, you have a comfort zone. And like, if you're used to do, like, I don't know, walking to school by yourself, then you'll be confident in walking to school. 
But if you like, if you've never, if you've always been driven there, you wouldn't be that confident mm. because you've never done it. Mm. So it's, it's a bit like that. Yeah, and I, th I think I think as a fighter, it makes you have so much confidence and self-belief. If you are taking your way to a foreign country, you know when you walk into that gym, you're fresh meat. Fresh yeah. meat means everybody in that gym is looking, thinking, you boys here, we're going to kick the life out of him. We're going to batter him. <laughs> Any sport, rugby, whatever. If you're going to, to join a new team, going to a new, uh, new gym, you know you're fresh meat. That's, that's the mentality. So you've got to hold your own. It's like a fight. You've got to your stripes, haven't you? Yeah, and especially when you go into a new gym, are you are you the best in the gym when you go in there, or are you the worst in the gym? Are you, and then you've got a space to build your way up. Self belief in that that moment, isn't it? Do you believe you're the best, or? But, it, but, but then you don't have to cut. You don't go in the gym being the best already. You yeah. but you build your way up, and it's it. you know like with martial arts, like what I with a kickboxing and kung fu and stuff. It's like all about the the grading and the next belt and stuff. Whereas boxing, you earn that through like your hard work and you build yourself, you're always improve, keeping and improving and then you win your fights, win your fights and then you get the belts. Mm, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Do you, do you think you get the respect you deserve? Uh, I think so. I think, I think so now, a bit more so. And now I'm like mentioned top five and like there's mm. some uh, dream matches being, uh, being thought up. Well, this is what I was going to ask you, Shane. So... I mean, you have Joe on your stable. I know you've got a really successful stable, um, but you've got someone like this, unbelievably athletic, like clearly talented. Is an apt, like <laughs> I keep saying, it's a juggernaut is the perfect name for you um, in the way that you steamroll these guys. Don't fear and like to call him Joloff Joe. But going through his career, I know I've spoken to you a few times where you felt that Joe wasn't getting the respect he deserved through previous fights and then do you think the Joe Parker fight was a was a turning point I know how much belief you guys have had that, that Joe would always be a world champion and I believe that myself um what 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 do you think it was and what what you know sort of in, in his in his journey yeah I mean he's not always had the uh the most luck really because Daniel Dubois fight was meant to be in front of uh 18,000 people at the O2 it ends up being in front of about 12 people in the church house and um and he didn't get the promotion maybe he deserved at the time because he wasn't essentially supposed to win that fight. Then he upsets the odds, beats Dubois. Then what does everyone say? Oh, no one knows how good Dubois is. He's just a kid. That's uh, fickle boxing fans for so you, So that's right? it. And then yeah. it was, oh, well, here we go. And then COVID didn't really allow him to fight again for ages. Then he fought Takam, knocked out Takam faster than anyone else. And everyone was like, oh, Takam's old and finished. And then it was like, okay, right. Maybe he was, whatever. Then Joe got an injury. That's what I mean. He didn't have the most luck. And then... um then he had to have a warm-up fight against Hammer. And Hammer's come off quite a few defeats at the time. But still, no one was stopping him and knocking him out, right? So then he goes and knocks him out in four rounds. Oh, it's an easy fight. Everyone should knock out Hammer within four rounds. So I was like, okay, cool. Then you, now for the first time, he's actually going in there with a proven world-level fighter, ex-world champion, beat Andy Ruiz, who everyone seems to think is still super elite fighter. Mm. So right, here we go. Let's see, let's see how good Joe is then. And then when I was in that training camp, I knew 100% how that fight was ending. I, got, I called it exactly, I you saying it I called it exactly how it ended. And I was like, because I used to get really nervous about Joe fighting before I was in these camps. And when you go in them, I was like, oh, okay, right. Now there's no reason to be nervous anymore. And then um, and I also, knew- And also before the fight, I'm not exactly 
bag of nerves, am I? No, 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 no. He's just, he's <laughs> Does he make you <laughs> feel oh, confident? You're more nervous than he is. No, always, yeah. always, always way more nervous than he is. But I'm not oh, even that nervous. But he's like, he looks like he's about to go and read a book or something. Right? Yeah. I don't know what he's, he's just like, <laughs> killing, like he's just killing. Johnny's like. saying about your demeanour never changes. It genuinely does. Before see, or after the fight, you just seem so chilled. But the reason why that, this is effective, right? And I can give you an example. So you see David Price, yeah? I used to go and watch him spar and he would spar 12 rounds, no problem, yeah? No problem, he had a, he had a good engine. Mm. But the reason why he would go so flat and gas in the ring was because of nervous energy yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. And that's why after two or three rounds, he's flopping all over the ropes, right? And that's what happened when he fought Hammer, when he got knocked out by Hammer, and that's what happened um, when he fought... Oh. A lot of time, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of time, like, yeah. Oh, yes, career. he's looking good, like, round yeah. three... The pressure again because and that's a problem where a lot of fighters don't have that conversation with yeah. themselves to, 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 to exercise that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you're used to used to motivating yourself and having that that mental confidence, then then that's what happens with David Price. Yeah, and then like he this is probably partly of the reason. Obviously he is naturally a very fit fit person to have the engine that he has as a heavyweight, mm -hmm. but Part of it as well because he'll burn no nervous energy. He isn't keeping himself up at night uh, the night before. He isn't thinking about it all I mean, day on the day. Games, playing games. Yeah, playing games. doing. And then, like, even in the changing room, he's just focused, warming up, listening to his trainer. And another good thing about it as well is to trust he has in his trainer that relationship. Mm. I've never seen a relationship of that between a fighter and trainer before. Joe sometimes, and this is actually the one for all pick, even during the fight, will start looking at his trainer because he can't hear what he's saying. And I'm like, Joe, face the right way, that. man. You're not <laughs> seeing the wrong way. I've seen that. It's like in mid-fight. I'm like, mate, I was like, mate. <laughs> Only someone with a confidence in Joe, in his own chin, would be like, yeah, don't worry, I can take How it anyway. How <laughs> do you think he'll go on? Now, take your pee head off, pee, pee, pee you have a head off, and just tell me, tell me, how far do you think he'll go? I don't see with why he, uh, with his attributes and the way he dedicates himself to the sport why he won't win every world title belt that's available because the way I look at it is right now I think I think he's I think the style to beat Usyk Joe's got that style I think you need to be able to have the stamina uh, to punch for twelve rounds I think Joshua showed that at times how to how you, a way that you can beat mm -hmm. Usyk but he just doesn't have the engine to to sustain that over 12 rounds he doesn't have the engine to sustain it over three or four rounds because then he has to take breaks and then that's when Usyk picks him apart every single time right mm. and even then if you look when Usyk fought AJ in both fights both times he took rounds off as well because he, he was allowed to mm. if he fought mm. someone like Joe he would not be allowed be to take rounds off and then we'd have to see really what um, Usyk's engine's made of uh, as, um, because you two boxed in the amateurs I was going to say um, yeah over five rounds this is it with your amateur fight isn't it you, you boxed over five rounds it was a good fight it was a close fight anyway but five rounds, eight, 12 rounds. Um, how do you see, what did you take from that five round fight and how do you see a 12 round fight going with it? Oh, it's, first of all, it's, I'd like to say, it's an enjoyable, an enjoyable fight. And it was like the Ukraine in York Hall there where they have the flags, the drums and stuff. Mm. It, was a, it was a great event. And um, yeah, I enjoy, really enjoyed the fight. I just wasn't, um, I, I just needed a bit more experience than that and maybe a bit better south, like southpaw sparring and that. But it, I needed the double jab as well in that fight. It, like watching it back as well, like looking at my um, skill, like it's kind of painful to watch how like, you know, how long, how far I've come since then. So You're critical but, on yourself from back yeah, then. Yeah, crit critical. Mm. But yeah, no, I, 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 was, I was in that fight. I was well in that mm. fight. Could have been closer than it was, but um, yeah, he was well too experienced for me at, right then, like 350 mm. amateur fights, gold, uh, coming off Olympic gold medal and stuff. Mm. Yeah. 
So it's the same with Man- Maxwell, actually. He was fighting Lomachenko. Yeah, same, I remember that. Yeah, night, yeah. Yeah. So, I sold out York Hall, by the way. He had uh, Joyce Usyk and Lomachenko Maxwell, and there was about 700, 800 people in there. Right there. Yeah, so when you could have fit, you, like, need, you need to get that program. You need to get that yes, program. Because yeah, yeah. you had a lot of experience in the amateurs as well. I think people probably don't um, they underestimate but not be maybe your own fault because you're not as loud, you're not as braggadocious, you're not in your face. I've done this, that, and the other. Yeah. But in reality, your resume actually puts you. And, and like, I'm I'm really thankful as well the WSB came about when I when I was coming through because that really helped me um, get a taste of what the pro game is and also like do them like really them learning fights at top against top level people mm. without it going on my record as well. So um and also the gb experience as well that was good to be a part like come through with them and learn and have time in the ring to like learn and grow and stuff and i've done my 10 years in the sport and like and now i'm cashing in ca- cashing in yeah i'm <laughs> at the top cashing right, in, i've got a fan question here from me as a fan um because we just talked about your attributes and the way like nothing rattles you um you got tyson fury you've sparred him before i know obviously i would like to ask you about his experience but Tyson, as a fighter, I think he would he'd love to know that he can get in his opponent's head, um, and I think you'd be a nightmare for Tyson. I think he knows it because you'll never be able to get in your head. You'll be so cool, calm, and collected on the night, and you've got a hell of an engine. And you come forward. I think that's an amazing fight. But having sparred Tyson, fought Usyk, who's the tougher fight for you? Do you believe, or do you can you not pick between the two? Um, I think a few. Like myself and Fury is going to be a great fight because we've both got an engine to do the 12 rounds. We're both going to be throwing a lot of shots throughout the fight and the skills as well, like how the, you know, styles make fight, yeah. how the fight will go on. Yeah, um, like from sparring, it was very competitive spars between us yeah. two. And I can see where he can like raise the levels and like sometimes he comes with unpredictable shots where you don't really quite know where they're coming from and stuff. So yeah, that going to be a tough test but I mean also Usyk like all these fights coming up like at this top level are freaking they're hard fights man yeah, yeah, like yeah. Usyk as well like you can be able to live with me for 12 rounds well maybe but he throws a lot of punches for the whole throughout the whole fight and he's a southpaw and a very slick southpaw he's, he's hard to right? hit yeah. got good foot movement and timing etc what about AJ AJ's a different kind of fight because he's got power so uh, if I'm going to be trading with him, that's going to be risky because he's got power in both hands. He's showed he can work on the back foot and be like more defensive and that, so it'll be hard to hit as well. So that'd be a hard fight. Wilder. This is the big question, like isn't it? <laughs> crazy man. And um, he's fast and he's patient. He's like a, a sniper, but you know, they yeah. each have their like different thi- their skill sets. That are, that's why it's so exciting, um, isn't it? Be tough. Can, can you, have you, ever genuinely been rocked or buzzed or stunned yeah like, been... as in wobbled like ouch yeah. <laughs> like yeah, ouch like, <laughs> not just this hurt like my brain actually went there yeah like well, i got co- i got put in the ring cold against um uh who's the dude Sergio kuzman yeah kuzman in, okay. the, in the european games and now like there's supposed to be two fights before mine so the coaches knew that we had a bit of time and uh, to get ready, so I'm just like got my shorts on. I'm starting to put my gloves on and like warming, just starting to warm up. And the geezers come in like, "Yo, you're on now, you're on now. Get, get up, go!" Like we're like, "No, we got two fights, mate." And like they're no, you have to go now. And the coach is like, "Well, wait a minute. We need to like 
So I had a, a brief warm up and I literally jogged to to the to the gym to the, to the, the ring as you warm up. Yeah, and then this, this freaking Kuzman there, a big Russian dude, he's looking at me and then like big the belt, and then he comes forward and he's thrown in, he's swinging in like some hook bent arm shot, winging them in and like cops me with one, and then I staggered and then. Uh, did he knock and you down? I think, I think he hit me with another one and then I went down but then got straight back up but then the ref's like looking at me and I think I had like three counts in that first round and he like counted me out. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but sometimes it's better, it's good to lose a battle and, yeah, like, and win a war. You and I, I, didn't, I didn't quite learn quite at that time yeah. but then I had one in the world as well where I got caught like that again. So then, uh, but after that I learnt my lesson and then... Well, that's put, what the amateurs are for. Amateurs are yeah. there for you to, to make all your mistakes to, because the prize especially as a professional or, or is, is high the price is high you know so you're better off making all those mistakes the losses the draws the, 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 the not prepping right or not warming up right you need to do that make those mistakes then so now at this stage you've that's got where it. that experience comes in yeah yeah. yeah. thing Jeez. is at that level as well like where he was fast tracked so quick he was boxing people that have been boxing like their whole life still and like been boxing all over the world for a much longer period of time and then he's getting chucked in there with these big names and then sometimes you're going to get caught with big shots you don't really but, know, but that's you? what happens as an heavyweight because you could get in the, in the championships and have one fight next minute you're, you're in the, the semis because there's no yeah. opponents to fight that's that's what happens in the, in the, in the amateur scene yeah, Lawrence Coley even is quite quick for the amateurs as well, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's the quickest mover in the. <laughs> he, <where laughs> he's part of Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's. Do you think he'll make a good, a good heavyweight? Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's like kind of like similar to Wilder, like stature wise and that. He's awkward and um, he can bang. He's got his right hand and and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he'd be he's one of the kind of cruiserweights that you you'd you'd imagine to go to go up at some yeah. point. Johnny. You were a cruiserweight, and I know there's a lot of this cruiserweight moving up to heavyweight. Look at these yeah. big boys these Should days. Would you fancy yourself against these no. lads back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I've also, so when I was cruiserweight, they, a lot of the times they said, want me to step up to heavyweight. I said, I'm a cruiserweight. You know, I go, but the, the weight was 13 stone eight. I'd blow up to like 14 and a half stone. Uh, and that was as, as heavy I could get. And I thought, you were some guys out there, they were big in every palm, and these guys were heavy. They were tall and ready i'm thinking nah i'm staying in my lane yeah. uh, but there's certain heavyweights you could fight and actually believe it or not won a world title at heavyweight all right it was one of those obscure ones wbf or something like that that you got down in australia but i gave it up straight away because i thought i ain't no heavyweight so it was just a title like but there were some heavyweights if you're a good cruiserweight you can beat most heavyweights up to a certain point and so if you're an outstanding cruiserweight that's when you can mix it like hollyfield mixed it with certain heavyweights but sometimes giving away too much is, is, is too much. You've got guys up with natural power. This is the thing. Don't you find even these days, though, I feel like even 10, 15 years ago, like heavyweights, you, like they're just getting bigger. Yeah. Big lads you are look just at getting, Joshua. You look at you. <laughs> you're you look at, you're you like look at, the 6'6 you know, is quite a standard size example, for a heavyweight. Is, uh, after the yeah. Olympics, we're on the podium. No, I think it's the European Games. We're all on the podium. We're all 6'6 six, six plus. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so back in the day, Frank, same, same with the Olympics actually. Yeah, all six yeah, six yeah. plus. Back back in the day, Frank Bruno, Gary Mason, people like these guys yeah, were like the average six two and, yeah. and that. You know, you cut Mike Tyson, and you think, can you imagine fighting these big eunuchs now? You know the size that they've got on them because a lot of them. Are, are, are I think I think, he's, I think he still have a chance to be honest, but <laughs> a different a different animal though. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So for what he he'd achieved for the size he is. You know, the guys that are around today, it's just a different breed, different gravy. Joe, 
following all of your career and you 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 growing up and and sport has obviously been a massive massive part of your life um like you said art as well but you've always found things to focus on um what sort of advice would you give to young kids that are sort of a bit misguided maybe getting themselves into trouble is there anything from your life that you'd advise these kids to to, to do well i mean because you know kids growing up they they don't have like don't have much to do and i guess like if they get the excitement from you know being out on the street and getting up to music a uh, mischief with the wrong crowd and stuff like i think yeah just getting into sport is like like boxing because it's exciting it has a career path and yeah definitely that excitement yeah, yeah like you're not you you <laughs> you want to have a fight you can you could get you could go in you can spar you can uh and like when you're you can spot you can fight in front of people and then you can you can get yeah. in the name for yourself because that's what i think um i guess happens in the street you build your name for yourself but you also learn like for a career but not everybody wants to fight not everybody wants to actively or fairly get in the, to, to go to a boxing gym and fight so what what, are you saying? what would you what what would you suggest for parents or for youngsters coming through that probably that don't want to fight but but what what would the what would your, your message be to them to um I think like look at look at themselves like what what is their skill set what are they what are they passionate about and what you know what is the what, you know where what do they want to do with their life like what yeah. it's, it's important to like think and and to set goals that's it I mean I think a lot of the stuff you said is is about sort of having a purpose and I think yourself you you, you mentioned parenting as well and it was really great because you were encouraged to do a lot of things um and i think rightly so like you've said there's a there's an element in the street of kids that a lot of kids that get in trouble some of them feel like they're in a place they don't want to be some of them feel like they're forced into this place but there's definitely an element of sort of building yourself up in whatever hierarchy that is but if it's in a if it's in the wrong environment like getting into gangs and stuff like you've rightly said going to a boxing gym you can do that in in, in a right in, a, in the controlled environment and if focus all that energy onto something positive and then then it, it will take you a long way um and yeah i think i think yeah and, that, and it's got that excitement and the reputation exactly you can find that can excitement build, yeah. elsewhere without going out there and getting into trouble and that. i think a lot of the time when people do these things it's because they want to feel like they're part of something so like that's where you get that in a boxing gym you're a part of something there you've got that community Camarader, feel about it, it? yeah that's it like even joe was saying before about sid khan who's actually sadiq khan's um uh, brother that's who he is, yeah. yeah. He's oh, Sadiq Khan's wow. brother, right? So he does Oldfield uh, Boxing um, Club. He'll put his arm around you, probably have a bit of a go at you from time to time, put you <laughs> in the right place. But the amount of kids he's but taking make, off Make sure the you'll keep them coming back to the gym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make you feel feel part of wanted, it. Like, make yeah. you feel yeah, wanted, yeah. part yeah, of the family. Yeah. I think that's the big thing there, isn't it? It's that camaraderie. It comes up so many times in this conversation we have on this podcast, and it's that, that element of camaraderie that you get in a gym, that discipline, all of those different things. We're a really perfect cocktail for for people to, to, to learn a lot of lessons, stay focused and stay out of trouble. Do you agree? That 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I've got to say, Joe, I'm well excited uh, to see your next fight, who it's going yeah, to be against. It's going to be, it's going to be. It's really it's, heating up now, isn't it? I do get that <laughs> sense from you as well. Like, you're one of them fighters you meet. He genuinely cannot wait yeah. to fight, can you? 
you like, and you, you, I feel it in everything the, the you say. Is, there's no edge to him. He just thinks just, I just want to fight. But just that, that, like that's the scary. Win. Yeah, you know, as a as a fighter, and the grow. scary thing is you want to know what motivates people. Mm. So some it might be money. So the rich ones, you think, God, what is it that motivates you to want to fight? The ones that are are rich. I think with Joe, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. If he, he's not angry. He's not sad. He's. Not, I don't know if you're rich or not. But what I'm saying is, I think you'd fight for fun. Mm. Uh, but, regardless of what successes you achieve, I mean, I mean, I'd fight for fun as long as it, you know you got paid as well. I mean, it's a, it's a business, it's entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's well, like... listen, mate. Um, absolutely buzzing for your next fight, and um, Shane, I'm sure um, you're gonna pull some big name out of the bag. I mean, it's only big names from here on, anyway, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, really cannot wait to see what you do next, Joe. And um, Thanks for so much well for joining boys. us. Yeah, yeah, no, no it's good. Man. Pleasure, it's good. No, thanks for Thank you. Right, well, I guess Catch punch machine. we got to yes. give that one more whirl before you go. Yeah, I need to, like, pump it up or something. It's, <laughs> uh, well, it looks a bit damaged. Yeah. <laughs> I broke it. Uh, I'll listen right. to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you on another episode next week. <laughs>